Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, well, we're going to begin a short series. And the series is going to be discussing the end of the world. Now, the actual title for the series is, Is This the End of the World? In the first part, we're going to deal directly with what's referred to as the day of the Lord. And 2 Peter 3.10 tells us, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and all of its works will be laid bare. So in this podcast, we're going to be discussing more deeply what is meant by the day of the Lord. Now, with so many wars going on, Rumors of wars, earthquakes, plagues, pestilence, including COVID, and many, many other things happening around the world. Many people believe the end of the world is drawing near, or some believe that it's, it's already upon us. Well, the truth is, the end of days, as we know them, it may be closer than we think. Now, however, not necessarily in the way it's portrayed in movies and books. And not the way it's portrayed by um, many of the preachers who are standing behind pulpits and churches all around the world. Now, despite all this, one day soon the Lord will return in what is known as his second coming or the day of the Lord. There are lots of things that have to happen, though, before this, the return of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Uh, he's going to Come back to this earth. He's going to rule his kingdom here on earth for a thousand years. Yes, he will rule in this world. Right now, we know the adversaries here and the prince of this world who thinks that uh, he can do whatever he wants. There's a lot going on in this world. It's caused it to become so corrupt and evil. We'll talk more in detail on that a little further on in this podcast. But just realize this. Before all this goes down, before it happens, there is going to be peace and prosperity throughout the whole world. Peace like this world hasn't seen. There will be a, a beautiful peace pact that will be signed with the Middle East. There will be set up for what we call one week or seven years, as we'll look further into this series and talk more about um, specifically that point. But for a seven-year period, there is going to be what we call the time of tribulation. Now, the first three and a half years of that will be peace, prosperity. But rest assured, it is going to be turbulent, very turbulent for those who are truly in Christ. And so knowing that this is going to happen, the whole world is going to find peace. It's going to be, in fact, a one rule in the whole world, and that will be where it's set up by the Antichrist. And we'll talk more about that in this podcast series. And in, in later uh, parts, we'll talk more deeply about that, in fact. And so we know that there's other events that must take place. Jesus is going to come back and gather his bride, his church, the remnant on the earth, not the many, many people who claim that they know Christ and they go to church. I'm talking about the true remnant 
that is in Christ, that's still alive, when he comes, the Father will say, okay, bridegroom, meaning Jesus, go and get your bride, meaning his true body from the earth, and he will catch them up in the cloud. Now, this is commonly referred to as the rapture. Probably not the way a lot of people are teaching it out there. Uh, the seminary teaching, uh, I've, I've listened to most of it, and uh, it's quite ridiculous, but it fits the narrative that each of the individuals are trying to put out there. We don't know the day or the hour for any of these events, but people think they have them scripted uh, so cleanly. Uh, I, I think that they'll be shocked and surprised when things do happen the way they're going to happen. But we know the rapture will happen. Jesus will come back. He will snatch his, his church off of the earth, and he'll do so just before the coming of God's wrath. Now, after the rapture, those who remain in this world, those who are not part of the remnant, well, they'll be given this delusion by God that they'll believe it. it'll be a lie. And they will believe whatever lie is being fed to them by, of course, the Antichrist and his system here in this world. And the full wrath of God with all of his fury will come upon this world, not as been seen since the flood, when we know he wiped everything out except for that small remnant in the ark. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-7, through 7, we read just how this world will be. What will life be like in this world in the end times? And it goes like this. Understand this. In the last days, terrible times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without love of good, traitorous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Turn away from such as these. They are the kind who worm their way into households and captivate vulnerable women who are weighed down with sins and led astray by various passions, who are always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, in Jude uh, 1, 17-23, we read, But you, beloved, talking now to those who are in Christ, remember what was foretold by the apostles, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when they said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers. Those are people who mock and laugh. That's like they did with Noah when he was building the ark. That will happen again in the last times. Who will follow after their own ungodly desires. Whatever they want, however they make it up. Even in the name of Christ, these are the ones who cause division, who create a dividing way to live. We know in Christ that 
the Lord seeks total unity. We know in this world, it's all about divisions, click who you know and what's in it for me. And so all of this will happen. They'll cause divisions who are worldly. They're worldly and devoid of the spirit. They don't have the spirit of God. And we know that all who are in Christ are born again. They're new creations and they're indwelt with the spirit of God. These folks don't have the spirit of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. It says, us, beloved, how? By building yourselves up in the most holy faith and by praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how we'll keep ourselves in the love of God. And do so as you await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Eternal life isn't something we buy with a prayer. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Her life is something that will be granted and gifted to those who are in Christ and who persevere to the very end, even to the point, potentially, of death, dying for Christ, not denying him. And it goes on to say, and indeed, have mercy on those who doubt. And we know there are many in this world that doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Be a light to them. Be the salt in the conversation. Allow the Lord to use you in his harvest. And still others, show mercy, tempered though with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the flesh. There are so many evil people in this world. Now, regrettably, many people have been misled to believe a lie that is Every bit as corrupt as the lie that caused Eve to fall in the garden. The devil is cunning. He deals in half-truths that are actually lies. He's the father of lies. And he does so, why? To deceive mankind any way he can. See, he's not trying to save anyone. He's trying to bring down as many as he can because he knows his final destination is the lake of fire. And so he's going to bring as many down as he can because he hates God. And so there are many who have believed such a wicked lie that if they go on believing this lie, their souls are in eternal jeopardy. Now, what is this lie? Well, they think that by following a design script to gain salvation, that they will gain eternal life. The basic script, and it'll be altered accordingly, but the basic script tells them, first you pray a simple prayer, a sinner's prayer, and ask Jesus into your heart and believe that he is God and that he died for you. And, you know, you basically you're going through this script because you don't want to go to hell. So you say this prayer, you go out and you get water baptized, you read the Bible, you join a church. And once you join a church, well, then, you, you know, you're a Christian, you're good to go. You must be going to heaven. Doesn't matter if you're truly a Christian, a truly a Christ follower, truly like Christ, as defined by the, the early believers. But all that matters is how it how it's crafted today. What it, what does it mean to be a Christian? No longer is the same meaning as a couple of thousand years ago. So now things have migrated to the point where after you you join a church, you pay your tithes and offerings, and 
And you've got to do that because you've got to keep the institution running. And among other things that you'll end up doing, depending on the religious division that you've chosen to be a part of. Now, there's no coincidence that this script, yeah, it has many different ingredients, is what most do in this world to join most any organization. Follow the rules, you know, raise your right hand, say, I'll do this, and follow and follow and do what you're supposed to do, or you'll be kicked out of the organization. And a lot of people fear to be kicked out of the, the organization because then they think, oh, no, now I'll be... I'll be lost. I won't be able to go to heaven. Uh, it, it's just a very, very sad thing, but it's it's a true thing, and we see it all around us. So, in other words, this is a lie that says that if you follow the established rules, you will end up gaining eternal life. Now, the, the big question is, is this what Jesus taught? Now, Jesus said to follow him. Not religious practices, no traditional ways, uh, much as the religious Jews do under the law and did. And they even confronted Jesus about it. He said, look, these folks are with me. They don't have to follow your traditions. They don't have to follow your laws. They follow me. And that hasn't changed. It's the same today as it was then. So these things sound good. And in fact, in the eyes of most people, it makes them look good, at least on the outside, by following all of these things. However, there's only one way, based on the truth, that provides eternal life in the end. Only one. And so in John 14, 6, we see the Lord said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There's just no other way. Not what church you go to or what religion you belong to or what's your denomination. No, that's got nothing to do with this. There's no other way. And in today's world, far too many are not ready for their day of judgment, are not ready for the end of the, the days, the end of this world. They're just not ready. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, it tells us, Now about the times and the seasons, brothers, we do not need to write to you. For you are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Now while people are saying peace and security, which they will, they'll believe everything's great. Destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, you're not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you like a thief, because the Spirit of God will reveal to us the things that are happening. For you are all sons of the light, and sons of the day, and we do not belong to the night or to the darkness, because this world is darkness. So then let us not sleep as the others do, but let us remain awake and sober. For those who sleep, well, they sleep at night, and those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. 
But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of our hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to suffer wrath. Now he's talking to his body, the true believers. God has not appointed us to suffer wrath, but to obtain salvation, not through practicing a whole bunch of things, but through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, meaning if we're still alive or we've already died, but we died in Christ, that we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage and build one another up just as you are already doing. These should be words of encouragement unless you're listening to this and you're realizing, wow, do I really have a personal relationship with Jesus? Or do I have a personal relationship with my church or my denomination or my organization or whatever one might want to call it? In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 13, Peter wrote, most importantly, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. Where is the promise of this coming, they'll say? Ever since our fathers fell asleep, everything continues as it has from the beginning of creation. But they deliberately overlook the fact that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water to which the world at that time perished in the flood. And by that same word, the present heavens and earth, well, they're reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men, those who chose this world over choosing to live for Jesus. Beloved, do not let this one thing escape your notice. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. They think, oh, where is he? But is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's a beautiful act of love right there. You know, God could destroy everything. And he, of course, he's already got a plan to do so. But he's patient. He's waiting because he wants every soul to have the opportunity to come to Christ. And then Peter goes on to say, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and its works will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to conduct yourselves in holiness and godliness as you anticipate and even hasten the coming of the day of God, when the heavens will be destroyed by fire and the elements will melt into the heat. But in keeping with God's promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. 
In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 through 39, we read, you need to persevere so that after you have done the will of God, and then only after you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And we won't receive it unless we persevere and have done God's will. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. Is that you? Are you living a righteous life for Christ? And then it goes on to say, because if he shrinks back, if he chooses not to persevere, if he falls back into this dark, dying world, I will take no pleasure in him. But we who are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, we are not of those. But we are those who have faith and persevere and preserve their souls. Consequently, what can we conclude from all these things? The day of the Lord, which represents the end of days, will come. It's not the rapture. It's the end of days. And it will come like a thief in the night. And trust, it, Jesus told us a lot about this. There are many signs that we will see if we are the faithful. That means those who practice righteousness and flee from a life of sin and don't practice sin. We must be aware that there is a great wrath that is coming upon all who reject the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The final days, they're going to be horrific. And it'll be even more horrific for those who remain in this world who are not caught up by the Lord, who have not died in Christ. Because those who are in this world, just before the, the day of the Lord, they will see that wrath. Now, in part two of this series, we're going to discuss what Jesus taught concerning his coming return. Therefore, we must stay vigilant in our faith and persevere to the end if we want to gain our crown and a place with our Lord in heaven. And if we do, well, we will be walking as Jesus walked.